Thank you for listening to this podcast of the teaching of Walford Kaufman. This series is on the book of Revelation. Please get your Bibles out as this episode gives us an introduction of this wonderful book. Turn to Revelation, the 13th chapter. We're going to be looking at the beast. The beast. Yes, John wrote about, uh, back in 1 John 2.18, that the Antichrist is coming. And the Antichrist career started back in chapter 11. But now as we got to chapter 13, the Antichrist, he is wound up. He is going. I mean, all he's at full strength. See, Satan is trying to prevent Jesus Christ from setting up his earthly kingdom. You remember, Satan's already been tossed out of heaven. There's no chance for that. You know, he, he, he led a revolt back up there and tossed out for the second time. So no more going back there. So he knows. I mean, you got to remember, Satan was in heaven, right? He was an angel that was tossed out. So he knows a little bit, and he knew there were certain things coming about. One was going to be that earthly kingdom. And so what he's going to do is try to throw a monkey wrench into that. And so he's trying to fight Jesus here on this earth. And so he knows his time is brief, his, his last desperate effort against God, and that's what's doing. So we see here the seven features of the Antichrist. The seven features of the Antichrist. First, his ancestry. His family. Why he looks like he does, why he acts like he does, everything about him. We see it here. Look at that. Chapter 13, verse 1. And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on his horns and on each head a blasphemous name. So there we see. But I want you all to realize something. Look here. Chapter 13, verse 1. But back up and look at chapter 12, that last verse. Now look at this. I want to read it this way. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Some writers believe that verse 1 of chapter 13 should have been really connected to the last verse, would have been the last verse of chapter 12. Kind of, kind of goes in together. It talks about, because see, he got mad because you remember the woman from last week's study and all that's going on. And so he couldn't do anything. So he's just going to go and fight uh, the rest of our offspring. And that's why it goes now to that seashore. And so the sand represents the nations of the world. You see a little reference to that in chapter 20, verse 8 of Revelation. And so the sand represents the nations of the world. Now, picture this. Now, don't, don't picture a dragon because that, we kind of laugh at that, but picture this awful creature that's against God standing on the shore in the sand. Y'all remember saying what it's like? Gets in everywhere. It's every, I mean, it's just, he is standing there like he is in control of everything. You know, he is in control at that time on earth and only because God has allowed him to do it. But he's standing there in all his majesty like I'm over everything. I'm over everything of the world. And so that's what he's standing there like. And he seeks the worship of the nations. He wants their adoration. 
And so he stands there uh, like a little child. You know a little child that gets to the ocean about the first time that can really can walk on that sand and they get that little pail and they walk out there that water and they just get that scoop of water and go and pour that little hole and go back. They think in their minds of a child they can empty that ocean. Right? That's about as childish as this this creature thinking he is that powerful. He is that powerful. And so there he is. The sea represents the abyss. A-B-Y-S-S. Then we have a movie called The Abyss filmed here in Gaffney. <laughs> I still remember that. that, that anyway, moving on. Uh, and so, uh, and so but let's be reminded, some of the demons are already in the abyss. And Satan was going to be tossed there for a thousand years later on. And so there it is, this sea. If you go in the Old Testament, there's a lot of reference talking about the sea. It's that, that dark unknown, the abyss. And then the beast is better known as the Antichrist. Uh, but the why, why the word beast? Why we choose this word? Well, one is to think about the word is used to describe his vicious ways. Folks, in that last part of the tribulation, is a no hold. What, what's that thing? No holds barred. No. Okay. It's like these fighters, and I and I don't I don't watch them. I don't, I'm not in the boxing. I'm not in the wrestling. I'm not in this ultimate fighter type thing. But I understand some of that in the ultimate fighter. There's no rules. You can pretty much do whatever you want. That's what's happening here. Is he is so vicious in those last days? I mean, it's nothing to have a child ripped apart. It is nothing to see a pregnant woman just be sliced in two. It is nothing to see people burn. It is nothing to see... We think the ISIS situation is bad, right? You know, you've, you've heard of bodies on bodies on bodies just laid because they went and killed whole, uh, whole uh, communities, whole towns. Nothing compared to the Antichrist. This, this beast. And the word beast can be understood in two ways. It can be understood as a kingdom. As a kingdom. And we see several references that, that it, it, the way it's listed there. Uh, basically why I can say it's a kingdom, it talks about ten horns and seven heads and ten crowns. And we'll make reference to that in just a little bit. But we also see that the beast is, as a person. Somebody got Second Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. You can read real quick. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. Okay. This is why we can say that the beast is that man of rebellion that's referenced in 2 Thessalonians 2. Rest just a moment here. So, I mean, I know some of you have already been burning up the paper, but just rest a minute and think about these things. I want you to look at this Antichrist. He will be a man. Many believe that he will be a man, but later in his life he's going to be indwelt by this terrible, evil spirit. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? He's a man, but he's indwelt by a spirit. And what happens to him? He's a great orator. I mean, when he speaks, people are going to listen. It's going to be, I mean, you know, most people, uh, young people's attention is about how many seconds? I mean, minutes. Well, let's go back to seconds. Uh, uh, yeah, our time frame. I mean, most. Of, why is commercials thirty seconds? Huh? 
And why it is that they got to do the same commercial over and over again? Y'all notice that? They have that commercial, have a little break, uh, another commercial, then go back to the same one, getting people's attention. This guy will stand and can speak and speak for hours. That's why some people thought that Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. Because they said he could stand before crowds and they would be, oh man, listen to him. Now, I want you all to remember something about uh, Adolf Hitler. We, we think of it, we look back. Now, some lived through that time and the evil that he did. But in those days, those people listening to him, the church, the church in Germany followed Adolf Hitler. The church did. Oh, I did. I read that today that there have been several antichrists. Now, I'm, I, I don't believe in that myself, but some believe like getting him ready, getting him ready for that time. But uh, you think just like you're talking about a great orator, uh, some believe he will be an intellectual genius. He will possess great charm and charisma. He walks in a door. You ladies go, oh, and you men said, man, I wish I could be like him. Look what he can do. All this kind of stuff. He, immense leadership power. Now think of that, folks. That's why almost every president come. No, not every president. I'm thinking of Jimmy Carter. But anyway, uh, every president that comes along, people will start thinking, maybe that's the Antichrist. Maybe all this going on. Uh, but one thing we do know about this Antichrist, he will be a chip off the old block. He'll be just like his daddy. Not this chip, but another chip off the old block. Because look there uh, in, in verse 1 again, chapter 13. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea, and he had ten horns and seven heads and ten with ten crowns. Have you heard that terminology before, that description? We just had it in last chapter. 12 verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns. That's Satan. One coming out of the, the sea now, the abyss, is the Antichrist and is just like him. I mean, sometimes we, uh, when somebody walks up, you know your son looks just like you. Now, I'm kind of proud. I pity him, but I'm proud. You know, but here, the, this this one, the Antichrist, is just like his father. Just like his father. And then, let's back to the page there. And the horns represent strength and power. We've seen that before. And those horns, and what they represent? They represent the power of the ten kings under the Antichrist authority. Um, I... Y'all help me this, and I, I forgot what radio station. I think it might be 106.9, 9 o'clock each morning. Who is that preacher? With Greg Larry. Yes. Uh, Did you hear it this morning? Oh, it's a simple name, a, a scholar on Revelation. It was doing great. I just wish the preacher would have just hushed. He talked. <laughs> he, here's this great scholar on Revelation giving answers, and Greg R. He's now. What about this? What about that? I read this, and, and I'm thinking, hush. No, I really said something different. Uh, but hush. I won't hear what the scholar has to say. But he he kept on. It's the funniest thing. But he was talking about the, the talking about the ten kingdoms, the ten nations that are going to be in power. And Greg Laurie asked him about well, what about the United States. And this this great scholar said, no, United States will not be involved. It'll be Western Europe. 
about everything in Western Europe. And he said, what about the United States? Well, there's two things that could happen, or maybe three, but the two I'm thinking of. One is that there could be a great revival in America. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That we wouldn't have to worry about any of this stuff, the great revival. And then when the Lord calls the church home, everybody's gone and all. But what he's also saying is there not, might not be a United States. Oh. Taking over. Taking over. I mean, you think about the power. These ten nations, there'll be other nations. But these will be the ten leading nations of the world. Power, uh, military, uh, economic-wise. And you think China blows us out, out the doors. I mean, we're nothing compared to what China can do right now. I mean, military-wise and other things. We're a weakened nation, spiritually, but even economic-wise. And so these, I, I just thought it was interesting, but I did wish that guy would just hush and let me listen to the scholar. And, all. and so we see all this going on. And here they represent the power of the ten kings under the Antichrist authority. Now the Antichrist will come from one of those ten. Now some say he will be a leader, and that, but most people think he will come up through the ranks and not be a leader of that nation, but be a leader of the ten nations. And so coming through that. And then these ten nations will rule at the same time. This is not one of those like some other thing. Well, this nation and then after that another nation. These ten nations are all working together. Now you got to think about how many times we hear about summits. This nation, uh, what, G8 summit or this kind of thing. we got all kind of things going on where some of them meet together and they don't invite this nation. You know, don't invite Russia or something like that. And so all that's going on. And so, but all this is happening. And the seven heads are the seven successive, successive world empires. You know, we talked about that last week. That's the, that's the Egypt and the Syria and the Babylon and Medo Persia, Greece, Rome. And you remember the last one was the Antichrist final, final world kingdom coming together. And so, uh, see, you got ten nations all going together. Okay. Then you got, this nation started back, uh, way back with Egypt and Assyria and Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then that final one that comes together. Uh, now, the crowns, they're pretty easy to understand, right? If you wear a crown, what you got? Y'all, want, y'all ladies want a beauty pageant, right? And uh, for us guys, wear a crown. We've made, been made king. We're a leader. So this is kind of easy to understand. Authority and, and victorious. Uh, but then those blasphemous names. You know what those are? Titles that dishonor the living God. So you're going to see some titles. Put, I mean, just think what it says there. A blasphemous name on each one of those heads. How that can be interpreted. Uh, what's the names of, of God? Have y'all been through that li- uh, study? The Yahweh. name? Huh? Yahweh. Yahweh. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You just go through these different names, and that's the type names will be put on this creature which says, I'm God. That's what he's doing. He's saying, I'm God. And then his authority. His authority. It's interesting. If you have a chance later on, look at Daniel 7, uh, how all this works together. But you see here, as it talks about in verse 2, 
And the beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. And so we see first the leopard. That's the speed of the Greeks' conquest. uh, Alexander the Great. They said once that guy got cranked up as as fast as those elephants could go, he just took over country. That's what's going to be the Antichrist. He's going to be that fast. Then the bear. That's the strength of the Medo-Persian Empire. Strength. And then the lion. That's the consuming power of the Babylonian Empire. So that's some strange things. Look at the leopard, the bear, the lion. But what's saying is when the Antichrist and his kingdom is in the move, nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. Now you go back and read the book of Daniel. He lists it this way. Daniel has a lion, a bear, and a leopard. And John here in Revelation has a leopard, bear, and lion. You know why? Daniel was looking ahead. John, in that vision, was looking behind. Isn't that strange? That's why it's reverse order of the. So much in Daniel is in the book of Revelation. So, guess what we might be looking at next year? (laughs) A book on Daniel. Or some of you said, please help me. I don't need that right now. And all. And so, this um, empire will be a composite of the empires that preceded it. See, it talks about this, uh, this, this great nation. The, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. So think of all the nations. Think, think of Germany. We just got mentioned. Think of Russia. Think of all the nations that's come through, good or bad but powerful, and putting all that in one country. Scary, isn't it? You got that, and then adding all this, all this other, and so uh, this powerful empire would be like no other. It'd be no other. Um, it would be Satan's greatest attempt to stop the reign of Christ. Did I have those right. Did I get all? The, did I leave an extra block? Okay, I'm covering everything. Okay, because I know I did this, and then I did the worksheet, and I think I added something to y'all's worksheet. So if I missed something, you just let me know. Okay, here's a claim. His acclaim, verse 3. On the, uh, one of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. So some people think this one head... You remember the, one, the heads represent the ten nations. So one like it had a wound and has died, but now it's alive. Some people actually think that this is a revival of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. Now tell me something. What's so important about the Roman Empire? All roads lead there. <laughs> all roads and, and the power and all. But what destruction did the Roman Empire did trying to hurt the work of God? Hmm? Much destruction. So just think that's coming. And so one of the heads being one of the na- being one nation. One nation. What we got here, folks, is a counterfeit. Resurrection. A counterfeit resurrection. Remember Satan is the great copycat? And what we're working at in, in last week, this week, and next week, what we got is the unholy trinity. Hmm? We got God the Father, right? Y'all remember we got, we got God the Father, and then uh, we've got uh, 
Jesus, right? That's going to be the Antichrist. Got the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the false prophet. So all these things, you think, where's God? Satan. I'll just come right on down. Counterfeit, counterfeit. And so some believe it could be a real situation. Some believe that it could be faked. He faked the death and then came back to life. Uh, somebody called it the lying wonder. If we anybody can lie, it can be Satan, can he? Yeah, right. Has he lied to you and made you feel like this way and that way and you found out that's not the way it's supposed to go? Right. Uh, and so we see here, people will believe that Antichrist has conquered death. Bruce can become Caitlin. Hmm? I know. I mean, but just think, if you know somebody that's died and now is alive, following that person, what may happen to you? How many of you want to live forever? Thank you for being on. I, I don't want to live forever. But isn't there a lot of people out there want to live forever? I mean, go, go to the drugstore and look at all the medicines that can make you live forever. And I have one wrinkle. Not one wrinkle. <laughs> Move on on that one. And so, uh, here's the Antichrist that is dead, that now is alive, and people follow him. They want so now his adoration, his adoration. Men worship the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worship the beast and ask, "Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him?" So here's a fascination that leads to worship of the Antichrist. I mean, there, there's people today worship basketball players. Hmm? I, I'm glad if some of our sports is finally cracking down. If somebody's got trouble, they, they, they're off the team. Instead of paying them millions and millions of dollars so they can, what, kill people? Hurt people? Trash the name of the Lord sometimes? I mean, all this. But here, fascination leads to the worship of the Antichrist. And by worship of the Antichrist, let's be reminded, they're worshiping Satan. Now, they don't know it. Because Satan, man, you don't want to mess with him, but here's the Antichrist. But if you worship him, you're worshiping Satan. So he sneaks in the back door. And this authority he will have, now think about it, uh, and uh, give an authority to the beast. This will be authority politically, Military, religious, and here's where I kind of changed. I bet it's on that list now. Unchallenged. Nobody can challenge this authority. I mean, political, military, and religious. And then nobody can, nobody can challenge it. And then look at his arrogance. His arrogance. Verse 5. And the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. Now, is that pretty well cussing out everybody? You know, that's the old southern term, not cussing out somebody. But when you blaspheme, you're cussing God, aren't you? But not only the cussing God, look what he's doing that uh, slander his name and his dwelling place, which is a temple. And we say, we would say the church of today. And then what, and those who live in heaven. I mean, that's the goner. They're already in heaven. 
But this is what that Antichrist is doing. But I want you to be noticing that uh, was given as God's complete control of things. Satan and Antichrist cannot do a thing unless God allows it. Now, why? Why all this going on? Well, we see here to complete what was predicted in Daniel. God said these words back in Daniel. They're coming true in Revelation. But it tells us in the end of time, these things will happen. This is God at work. Now, that's why I look at some of the things that happen in our world today. A loving God, a mighty God, a powerful God, why does He do this? He doesn't do it. He allows it. He allows it. I don't like it. I wish you the better way. But God's way is perfect. And I have to acknowledge that. I have to say that is true. And so, can you imagine though, all the evil, all the evil of this world, all the evil of Satan being allowed to just cut loose? What would happen? What about drugs? Alcohol. Sex. Gambling. I'm just thinking of the cruel things that are happening to children now. I'm thinking of what precious senior adults have taken advantage of. I'm just, just all the evil that could ever possible be. Brothers and sisters marrying. I mean, just any perversion. Any perversion that could be is cut loose. And allowed to go. The sickness. All this happened. See, Satan's mouthpiece is the Antichrist. He's a great orator. He's a great speaker. And he doesn't stand there and praise God. It's unpraise God. He's got that chance. So he's making the most of it. But still under God's time. Still under God's time. Here's, here it is. You've got 42 months. That's the last half of the tribulation. You got the last half of the uh, of it. You go to it. See, God's in control. God's. Go, guess what? Here's something y'all need to look at. God allows you to go out and sin. You know that? God allows you to go out and sin. He doesn't want you to. He loves you. He's got a better way. He gave His Son that you wouldn't have to do that. But He allows you. But guess what? Your time is His time. And there's going to come a day. Whoops. Hear it? You think it's going by? Oh, that's okay. Let's give her one more day. Let's give him one more day. It's God's time. So we need to be very careful, don't we? Very careful. And so it's still under God's time. And then look at this activity. Verse 7. He was given power. <laughs> To make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. Given power. Guess what? By God. Given power by God. That's the only one that can do it. To make war with the saints and to overcome them. And what we have here is worldwide slaughter of God's people. Folks, we got some of that going on now, don't we? There are whole villages in some countries because they are believers in Jesus Christ are being killed. There's still persecution in this world today. Nothing compared to what it's going to be like then. Nothing compared. 
And so we see here that the Antichrist breaks his covenant with Israel. We see a little bit of that in Daniel 9 verse 27. So all that's going on. And then, guess what? His admirers. His admirers. Verse 8. And all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life. Belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go, if anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on part of the saints. So we see here all the inhabitants. That's what it says. All the inhabitants of earth. Any time you see that in the book of Revelation, all the inhabitants of the earth, that is referring to unbelievers. That is not the believers. You're not going to see at that time all the inhabitants. That doesn't mean that those who have become uh, believers through Jesus Christ, accepted Jesus, the message. But you remember the 144,000 prophets, uh, uh, messengers, preachers. They're giving that. They're getting out there. They're sharing the gospel. And so people get saved. They're not going to fall down and worship the Antichrist. But all the others... It's going to be a worldwide religion. And then it says there, and all whose names have not been written in the book of life. And I want to challenge you. That's another good Bible study. If you want to find out, uh, have some good time looking through Scripture, look up the book of life and the book of the Lamb. Look at those two books and study them. And see what it says there about that. But then, here's something strange. All this awful Awful, evil things are happening. But look at verse 9. He who has an ear, let him hear. Now, usually, that is a reference to the church. But the church is not there. The church has already been called up. Rapture. This is for those believers left behind. Is a call for spiritual understanding. But it's a strange way. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. Okay? One, two, three, y'all going to go into captivity. Four, five, six, y'all going to go, uh, let's go ahead and kill you. You know? In the end days, that's what's going to be happening. So it says, in the, anyone into captivity, go into captivity. Don't fight it. It says, if anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. Wasn't it not too long ago ISIS killed a bunch of believers and those men stood there and not one of them denied Jesus Christ. Every one of them says, I am a believer. In, you know, that, and stood there and had their heads cut off. And guess what? Time that head was cut off, they're in heaven. I, I believe that. They were rewarded for their faithfulness. But what we see here, whoever has ears call for spiritual understanding. Don't take matters in your own hand. In your own hands. And then depend upon God's providence. Uh, Tammy McGee said that she had an interesting thing today. You know, being in the ministry that she is, and Tammy is in a ministry, it's one of those kind of things that sometimes you have to tell people no. 
They come in and they got all this money coming in from these different checks and all this kind of stuff, and they already get assistance. You say no. She said she was going into Peach Center this morning, and one fellow just just fussed that didn't use foul language, but just pretty much gave her everything, and then turned around and said, "And you're going to die tonight." That's what said. Now, folks, don't bet on that for him taking her on. Have you ever seen the knives that woman have? She's got some of the meanest, wickedest looking knives I've ever seen. I mean, you know, you go to most folks' houses and visit with them and here's our dog collection and all this stuff. She's got her knife collection. And I'm not even counting her gun, which she handles pretty good, so I'm not worried about that. And I and I and Tammy was laughing about it, and I said, Tammy, why don't you just say, Praise the Lord? If she died tonight, guess what? You're gonna be in heaven. Isn't that something? And what he's saying here is to those believers in the end of time there, Antichrist is running. I tell you what, I'd be, I think I'd be glad to go on to heaven, wouldn't you? And sometimes when we read the paper in the morning, we say, Lord, please go ahead and take me home now. Can it get any worse? Scripture tells us it's going to get worse for those who are not believers now. Best thing for us is get saved, right? Get our heart right. We don't have to worry about this. But praise God that even if the Lord, when the Lord comes and raptures the church, there's still opportunity for folks to get saved. He could just wash us off. But I'll tell you, what's going to be like, what's going to be like for those who have been sitting in churches year after year after year, sermon after sermon after sermon, and never said yes to Jesus? And then the Lord calls the church home. They're lost. But they get, and then they get saved. But they say, man, I could have gone on the first time. Man, we just want to pray for folks like that, don't we? Because, you know, we do have a lot of folks sitting in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday right. and keep saying no. That's right. There's folks that don't want to have a thing to do with the church. 